Thank you for joining us today on Search for Truth. This is John Martin with your Bible teacher, Brian Johnston. The Lord is speaking to us these weeks as Brian shares with us the lessons we can draw from the journeys of the Ark of the Covenant. It's good solid teaching as well as providing help in our daily living as Christians. And that's especially true this week as Brian speaks about the victorious Christian life we can have through the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Dead to sin and alive to God. That's the message today. And as you listen, you'll agree it's only possible through the great work of the Lord Jesus. So it's all to the Saviour's praise. Before we hand over to Brian then, let's sing the Saviour's praise together. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing the great Redeemer's praise, the glories of our God and King, the triumphs of his grace. As we follow the ark on its journey, now with Joshua, I want us to stay a little longer by the River Jordan. Last time we saw how the ark had been instrumental in crossing over the river and entering into the promised land. God wanted his people never to forget that experience. To serve as a reminder to them, he instructed them through Joshua to set up a monument of stones. In fact, It may well have been two monuments, or two piles of stones. Listen carefully to the reading for yourself. It's from Joshua chapter 4. And the children of Israel took up twelve stones from the midst of the Jordan, as the Lord had spoken to Joshua, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over with them to the place where they lodged, and laid them down there. Then Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant stood. And those twelve stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up in Gilgal, saying, When your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What are these stones? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. So from our reading, it seems that there were two piles of stones, one set up on the riverbed while it was dry, and the other set up on the far side, in the promised land, made from stones taken from the riverbed. Those stones on the riverbed would, of course, soon be hidden as the water of the River Jordan returned to its accustomed flow and covered over them. There's a significance, surely, in the fact that there were hidden stones and there were public stones. Isn't that the way of it in much of our Christian experience? Without the inner, hidden reality, 
there will be no evident outward power in public. Take prayer, for example. Our standing in public at the prayer meeting will only be as effective as our kneeling in private in the secret place with God, hidden away from view. But I think these hidden and public stones, one under the water and one on the river bank, have something deeper to teach us. One set of stones was put into the river and submerged. The other was brought out of the river. Doesn't that remind us of the teaching of Romans chapter 6? Verse 3 of Romans 6 says, Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptised into Christ Jesus were baptised into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should be no longer slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. The message of those verses of Romans chapter 6 is telling us of our need to realise and remember that we are to see ourselves as having died with Christ to sin. Think of the stones put into the river. And also it's telling us that we've been spiritually raised with him from the dead to live for God. Think of the stones taken out of the river. In our case, the reminder isn't stones, but disciples' baptism in water. By the action of going into and coming out of the water, we declare that we see ourselves as identified with Christ in his death and resurrection. Unless we recognise these two realities, that we've died to sin and that we're now alive to God, we'll not fully be able to live in victory, overcoming the power of sin in our lives as believers. Last week, in our consideration of the Jordan crossing, we were thinking especially of our need to see the Lord and his power with us in order to live the life claiming God's great and precious promises. As the ark had been with the people in the middle of the river, so we encouraged one another to discover the Lord Jesus with us as we go through difficulty and overcome obstacles by his power and presence. This week, it's not the thought of seeing him with us, but the idea of seeing ourselves with him, with him in his death and resurrection experience. We're not working towards victory, but from it, 
the victory Christ won for us at the cross. Sin in our lives hasn't been destroyed, but it has been dethroned. In Romans chapter 6, Paul argues that we don't have to go on sinning as though we're powerless to overcome by the Lord's help. In that chapter, Paul says a lot about servants, or perhaps we should say bond slaves, to emphasise that what's being described is the type of service that absolutely bound a person to his master. Usually, only death brought release for the bond slave. Throughout his life of service, which was often since birth, he had no opportunity to do his own will. But his will was totally swallowed up in his master's. That's exactly the imagery that Paul applies to us in this sixth chapter of Romans. Prior to conversion, we were bond servants of sin. Sin had dominion over us in our unsaved days. But now listen to the wonderful news that at the time of our salvation, we died to sin. As with the slave in Roman times, it's this death, a spiritual experience in our case, it's this death that releases us from lives dominated by sin. Sin was our master, but no longer for death. Death to sin has released us. Sin shall not have dominion over us, verse 14 says. As the hymn writer says about Christ's death, it breaks the power of cancelled sin. Let's listen to that hymn now. This is wonderful news for the believer. Not only is our sin cancelled through faith in Christ, meaning that we're free from its penalty, but there's also the fact that its power over us is broken, meaning we're freed from a sin-dominated life. We no longer need to let sin reign. Indeed, we're told not to. Sin is no longer our master or boss. But as we've said, although it's dethroned, It's not destroyed, so we needn't think that we won't sin. It's just that we don't have to. We're not obliged to. It was sometime after I'd been baptised by immersion that I understood Romans chapter 6 to teach that my baptism was not so much announcing to those who witnessed it that Jesus had died for me, but more that I'd died with Jesus, and that, that that death had released me from being a slave to sin, had broken the power of cancelled sin in my life, and so made possible for me to walk in newness of life as a servant of God instead. So what we've learned today from those stones at the Jordan River can really make a powerful difference in your life and mine. It's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in.
What we've learned today from those stones at the Jordan River can really make a powerful difference in your life and mine. Remember, Brian said that at the close of his talk. So let's pray for one another that it may be so. You pray for us, please, and we'll pray for you, that the lessons of the Stones of Jordan may not just be academic, instructing our minds, valuable as that is, but touching our hearts too, so that it's translated into our lives in daily living through faith and prayer. That's what we want, isn't it? Then it will be true, it's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. So thanks for being with us today and sharing God's precious word. And remember, please, if you've any questions or suggestions how we can make these studies more helpful, do tell us, please. Brian will be glad to correspond with you. I remind you once more how you can obtain the transcript book of these 12 studies. So you can get more out of the radio talks by reading and studying its contents. It's available online, and either you can get it yourself by downloading a copy from churchesofgod.info forward slash media, or if you're not able to do that and need to request a hard copy book, just write in and ask for the title, The Journey of the Ark. You can use email or the post, and here's our address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wootton Bassett, Swindon, SN48DY, UK. And our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. Till next time then, it's goodbye and very best wishes from our Bible teacher Brian, our producer David, our singers and me, John. So see you again soon. And in the meantime, we wish you God's richest blessings.